0: Bills Live, presented by Kaleida
1: Health. Yeah, you're darn tooting. It's one Bills Live, back in the saddle, ready to roll for training camp week. Let's go! Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, with you. We did not rehearse that. That was I pretty know, impressive. That was pretty, that was pretty impressive. Kind of little cool. synchronization there. Yeah, that was. Too, uh, it's like we didn't miss any time together. How about yeah, that? Yeah, it's, uh, been,
0: it's been three weeks since we've done a show together.
1: That's right. Because alternating
0: I gone, vacations. I was gone for a week. We took the week of July fourth off. Then you took a week off. I did it
1: with Maddie. Girl, Maddie last week. Here we are. Yeah, we got to get it in <laughs> in July. Yeah, not, not really getting it in at any other point in time. Yeah. So yeah, we took our downtime, and now it's go time as uh, the players will be practicing out at St. John Fisher in the middle of this week, it's a couple of days yeah. away. So. By by this time, in a couple of days, the first practice will be in the books. Steve and I will be out there, yeah, covering uh, the practices, as well as uh, reporting back to you from Mm -hmm. St. John Fisher. I got this question
0: from someone who you know, um, and you'll obviously know who it is when I tell you. uh, Mm -hmm. Are we riding over there together? Am I going to pick you? You were asked this. Yeah, you can get who asked. You know, it was the missus, but you know, it's my lovely bride. Are you going to drive? You and Chris going
1: to go over together? Oh. I mean, Are we going to do that?
0: You're. A, I mean, I can pick you up on the way in, and then yeah. Drop you off.
1: I don't. I'm kind of out of your way, though. Well, right? <clears throat> I am kind of because you're Southtowns. You yeah, would just take. 28, right? I go east and then jump up on the Pembroke. Yeah. And, see, I'm. Um, I'm a mile from the through. Right. Way. You're right there anyway. So mm-hmm. I would be kind of. You'd be backtracking to get to me. A little bit. Um, Not backtracking so much as just going a long way. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean. Sure. Um, you got to go up transit and jump on, we jump on right there. Right? I would,
1: I would tend to say No. <laughs> I would tend to say probably not. Well, no. And for a number of reasons, right. not the least of which is you're very busy away from this job schedule, <laughs> not for nothing. Right. I mean, you are filled to the gills with other commitments.
0: Well, and yeah. no, turn, if you're, you're,
1: if I'm, if you're my ride, now I'm hamstringing you to do all those things and leave at your leisure and hey, I got to get somewhere, I got to go. Well, hold on, I got to yeah. finish writing this thing and then I can go. And it's, now I'm holding you up, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I was thinking that about you actually. I thought you'd have you'd have work to do and I don't. I, don't. Well,
1: I would have work, you would have other commitments. That's right. yeah. That's kind of the fly in the ointment there. Right, but yeah, I mean, if we could work it out one day, sure, I I don't mind doing that. Yeah, well, and I, trying to be environmentally friendly with one less car on the road. Plus, you
0: every once in a while, you just like pull the ribcorn and say, "Listen, I ain't going back. I, gotta stay. I got yeah, to stay." Yeah, there are times and that I will stay. Over. I am. I'll probably be doing that this week. I don't care if I work till ten at night. I ain't staying. <laughs> Dorm beds not for you. I am laying down. I, that is a life choice right there. I am not doing it. That's fair. I'm I, not doing I,
1: it. I totally get that. Um, because I got to tell you, my bones now aren't what they were when I was actually in college sleeping on those crummy mattresses, <sighs> and it's it's a different way of living. Yeah. When you're yeah. twenty two, you, you don't gotta, give you, you don't really, give a
0: hoot. Yeah, you gotta really want it to do that. And I'm I'm just not there. <laughs> you don't want it enough. I don't want it. <laughs> you don't so, want to wake up with a crick in your neck. Having said that though, I mean, even today we got word we had, you know, a big kickoff meeting here. We had a big staff meeting here at One Bill's Drive. I mean, everybody from the ticket office, stadium operations, football side something
1: we rally the troops. Rallied
0: up and and you know, a lot of those a lot of the top guys, Sean Brandon, they're headed
1: over tonight. They're yeah, well, they, let's yeah. go. Yeah, they got to get everything buttoned up.
0: Yeah, they'll probably do a walk around the weight room, training room. Yeah, we got to take care stuff. of this. Like, this is not this where it's supposed where to be. Scott, the, yeah. Logistics. Um, the fent- this fence has got to be moved. This gate's got to be moved. Yep. Wh- whatever. Stuff like that. And they're going to do that tonight, and they'll walk through it tomorrow. And guys, dudes are showing up tomorrow, first thing, man. They'll
1: show yeah, up. Yeah, I actually saw on Twitter, Dawson Knox is stuck. Yeah, I uh, saw that too. <laughs> he got delayed. He did, he got. By American, hmm. uh, one of the airlines there, and he was talking I can't remember where he is now. Is he still stuck in Tennessee or is he somewhere else? He was stuck in Atlanta, wasn't he? Oh, Atlanta, that's where he was. And yeah. now he's got to stay the night. He can't get out until tomorrow. Right. So it's a good thing he left as early as he did or tried to, Think anyway. about it. Yeah, cuz you know,
0: he he lives in Nashville from Nashville. That's where he's yeah, going from. But maybe he, he said was training. He down said, "Listen, there? until they start getting some flights from buffalo to nashville non-direct i ain't yeah you can't do i'm not that. flying on said airline anymore yeah. i've always said that i've said that a hundred times there's only like five or five airlines i've said it five times about each of them i'm never flying on that thing again until i need yeah, that. like in charlotte yeah i've said that 25 has, times
1: yeah the good news is there are direct flights from charlotte to buffalo i know that yeah, so but you gotta hopefully get, he gets out tomorrow without issue. You gotta find a seat. Well, that is true. So I mean it's I
0: I did that for twenty years, two two decades. I was flying all over the country yeah, during right. football season. You know what it's like. I mean, and you travel with the team now. So although that's, well, that's you know it's a different world, yeah. But you get so used to traveling and so good at it that you know and plus, when I was working for CBS, I had a—I call the hotline, and they're like, "Yeah, I got you. Get on this flight or that." You know, they jump around. You, right,
1: you don't have to do anything except call. I'm telling
0: you what—in this day and age, I just stay home, man. <laughs> it's rough out there. It is yeah, rough it, out there.
1: I—I I think now more than ever, to Dawson's point, you want to avoid flights with connections <sighs> as much as possible. Costs. If you have to pay. more for a fare, and it's nonstop, and it's direct? Do it. Pay it.
0: Pay it. You've got a chance of getting there.
1: You know, as long as you can afford it. I'll say this, too.
0: I hear more and more and more weather has been a problem around And as soon as there's a weather incident over here, it has a ripple effect across the country. They used to say if LaGuardia was stowed up, was stove in, you know, rained in, closed, every place in the entire country was was well hammering. right
1: it's a popular airport because I mean, you know i told you my my wife had a girl's weekend with her friends well. up in new england she's just trying to get from boston to new york her flight gets canceled due to weather and she asked when can they rebook her they're like oh we can get you to new york next week i said next week you could walk there in that amount of time <laughs> right like it's, you get, it's next literally week? you could hitchhike
0: faster we ended up putting her on a train yeah you get a train to do it that my uh i have two sons one in new york one Two of my four sons, one in New York, one in Boston. They take the train all the time, and it's you know it's a hike, but it's reliable, goes on time, and they you know press to a change you. You're sitting in downtown Manhattan yeah. when you get off.
1: Not at the, no no yeah the, you're right at Moynihan Station. It's great yeah. You pop you're not, up, you're right next to the Garden.
0: Right, you're not you're not getting out at LaGuardia yeah. and then taking no, the bridge.
1: Yeah, you're at 33rd and Seventh. It's great. Yeah.
0: So it's uh, We 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 need to fix that. I, I Somebody needs to fix mass transit in this country coast to coast is, north is to south. It is sorely
1: lacking in comparison to Europe. Um
0: and I get it. We're bigger than Japan. Japan has trains that go everywhere. London, the underground of London smaller is smaller like, landmass. I get it. It's it's awesome, man. You go over there it's like whew, 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 you're everywhere. But here it's we're so vast. Yeah. It's hard to build a High-speed tr-
1: well, from is it from New York to L.A.? Yeah. Is it
0: where are you going to stop between New York and L.A.? Name the cities.
1: We could stop in Wichita. <laughs> you can't. But if you stop in Wichita, you ain't stopping in Kansas City. Okay, I, I I think it can be done. I just think there are too many lobbyists who would prefer it not get done. I get it. I get all you know that. how all that. Yep. Thing listen goes around and listen. around. In We'd like to Washington. listen to you,
0: but your your air, your air travel these days stinks. We're fixing it. We're going to do something else. Thanks. That would be nice. Thanks. We that appreciate it. Nice. That's what you know. But I'm yeah, for it. The stuff that should happen never happened
1: because you know whatever because it makes too much sense. That's that, right. This is where the common sense police because has to come in. Somebody else is going to make say, money. Well, yeah, and that's and that's the problem. If something like that is going to cause some other industry valuable profits, well, then somehow, some way, suddenly it doesn't happen. It gets gets, It's sabotaged, yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. But let's get on to uh, more important notes that people are listening for, which is namely around the NFL, which is brought to you by Collider Health, the official healthcare system of the Buffalo Bills. We unfortunately begin with uh, some unfortunate news for a Bills player, Naheem Hines, as many of you have probably already seen out on the social media reports and such is reportedly going to miss the 2023 season after a freak jet ski accident. Uh, Tom Pellicero of NFL Network was the first to report this. This morning it was labeled a serious knee injury, and it was caused by another jet skier. So according to Tom Pellicero's account of what happened, Naheem Hines was on a jet ski in a stationary position, you know, he was idling, wasn't moving, traveling, sitting still on a jet ski, and another jet skier plowed into him and caused some very serious but thankfully non-life-threatening injuries. And in just the last hour, Tom Pelissero has updated his report to say it is, in fact, a an ACL knee injury that will require surgery, and that pretty much guarantees that he would be lost for the season. Now, there is no confirmation from the team as of yet. The Bills have not said anything with regard to these reports of the Naheem Hines injury, but I think it's safe to say this would be a a sizable loss on special teams for the Bills. Hines was the team's primary return man after he was acquired at the trade deadline from the Colts, averaged 29.2 yards per kickoff return, and 9.6 yards per punt returned in a Bills uniform last season.
0: Yeah, it was – what a crusher. I mean, the guy was – Three days uh, before yeah, training. that's God, such a that crusher. Because he's – you know, you, you get these guys, they've been working their tails off to come back try and make the club. And then – I mean, he was just sitting on – I guess the reports are he was just sitting on his jet ski and somebody else banged into – he was just like idling. He wasn't even moving.
1: Somebody crashed into him.
0: And Somebody crashed into him. And it's dangerous, obviously, but just what a what a thing to happen I mean, to a guy before bad you ever,
1: luck. My gosh!
0: Yeah, it's just uh, it's tragic for that kid. No? Now
1: he didn't have as much of a role on the offense last year, but I, I, that was expected to change by everything we were hearing this off season. Uh, I mean, his running backs coach Kelly Skipper was praising him for how much he had acclimated himself to the offensive scheme under Ken Dorsey. And, you know, that is all gone for naught now, unfortunately. So really some unfortunate news, you know, for a guy that we've had in studio here, good guy, does everything the right way. You just feel bad for him. Three days before training camp, my gosh. It's too bad. Just terrible. Really too bad. Now, you know, the business of football, however, can't wait You know for injuries like this and according to NFL reporter Aaron Wilson the Bills were already working out some players among the names mentioned free agent running back Darrington Evans and tight end Jay Sternberger Evans does have kick return experience was on the Colts offseason roster this calendar year Um, Sternberger a tight end was with the Packers in 2019 and 20, most recently with the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. Both players are former third-round picks. Yeah. Evans, you know, he's got kick-return experience. I would say on the roster, though, Steve, you're now looking at Deontay Hardy, right. who has gone to the Pro Bowl as a return man in his career. That's number one. Number two, we saw James Cook on some kick returns last year as a rookie if you remember right. but if he's going to be at the top of the depth chart at the running back position I'm not so sure they want to put him out there for kick returns too we'll have to wait and see how it all shakes out at training yeah, camp and got, who's lining up there in in Hines absence well,
0: we've we've been handed this we've got a little card that they that the media relations guys put out and give us every because it's a fluctuating thing you know you got these guys working out and Naheem Hines is off the team so yeah,
1: the already this card is, we just got handed yeah, might be outdated it's, by um, Absolutely. By tomorrow. absolutely Yeah,
0: it's got 90 names on it. Um, But Hines is on it. So there's a spot there. Now, whether, and the fact that they're working out a tight end and a running back might tell us something, too, about what they've seen so far with the running back room and and the receiver room. So as Hines' kick return duties and all of that and pass catching duties might be covered already. So they might think, okay, well, let's bring in another tight end and think, because if, we do do a lot of twelve personnel, maybe we need an extra one. That kind of stuff. So Heinz ain't on the roster. He just goes right to IR probably. Well, yeah, even if I he's mean, not already or he's going to, he's going to, he's going to the P U P or whatever. Now they got eighty nine guys instead of ninety. They gotta you know, and they'll they'll start working at it. That it's it's ever changing. But man, especially oh this time of year. Oh my
1: gosh. Um just I mean, not even a football injury. I mean, it's just total freak accident. It's just terrible. Right. Feel for the guy. Uh, Elsewhere in the league, this broke over the weekend. The Chiefs and defensive tackle Chris Jones not seeing eye-to-eye on a contract extension. Jones is not happy. He is seeking a blockbuster contract from Kansas City after being the anchor of their defense pretty much for his entire career, if you think about it. He wants to be paid at least as the second highest defensive tackle in the league, which means he'll only take second to Aaron Donald who makes 31.66 a year. He's reportedly seeking $30 million a year. And I'm just going to say it. He, he deserves that kind of money for the way he has played for that team. The better part of the last five years. I mean, he is a huge difference maker for that football team. Huge difference maker. Yeah, he is. And,
0: uh, if I'm the Chiefs, I don't know what i do. do. Um, you got Mahomes' contract coming up, and I think in Mahomes in 26 or 27, Mahomes got like this $70 million balloon payment. But I think you want to have this contract signed and done. And for the Chiefs, I might give them the money if you can and make it a short deal, you know?
1: Yeah, but is he taking a short deal? I don't know. I think
0: he'd want to take a short deal because he'd come back and hit
1: another bite at the double apple. dip. I I really wonder how the Chiefs fix this, knowing the two sides are reportedly far apart. Maybe because yeah. let's Steve, we're only one year removed from Tyreek Hill asking for thirty million a year, and the Chiefs saying, "Yeah, how about no? How about no? Um, uh, yeah." I mean, and what happened? They traded him. He was gone. And he had you're the most dynamic, fastest player on the team. We don't care. We're not paying you thirty million. Are they going to play Chris Jones thirty million?
0: Well, Tyreek. I mean, he's asking for the same money. They got rid of that dynamic playmaker, and they won the Super Bowl. Right. But Um, how many times can you keep doing that? Well, if you still win the Super Bowl, if you keep getting ones back for him. And, and you draft. And you well. get to keep that money. You've Draft well. Oh, well, yeah. And you got a, the great eraser there at quarterback who makes, you know, the great elevator or great eraser. I don't know which one. He either erases either one mistakes applies. or he elevates everybody around either him or one both. Applies. He's the erasing elevator. <laughs> <laughs> so they got Mahomes there. It makes everybody better and he erases everybody's mistakes. So that I think you, you may.
1: You may just let the guy trade him for a couple of ones or Steve, one or one. Here's the problem, though. Your highest investment in the defensive tackle position this off was a sixth round pick, Keandre Coburn, out of Texas, who is a plugger style defensive tackle. He's a one technique, at least yeah. in my opinion. Right. Okay. But here are your names <laughs> at the defensive tackle position for the Kansas City Chiefs. Besides Chris Jones, Derek Noddy, Keandre Coburn, who I just mentioned, the rookie, six round pick, Tershawn Wharton, who's currently on PUP, Danny Shelton, veteran player, Matt Dickerson, Phil Hoskins, and Chris Williams. Have you heard any of those guys besides Danny Shelton? Who was a high draft pick of the Browns back in the day? Yeah, I you've got Danny nobody Shelton. else at defensive tackle worth a damn.
0: Danny Shelton is was a good is a good player, but it I, he's been around so long. I thought I played against him. I mean that and he's there old. was
1: a time where he almost ate himself
0: out of the league. Yeah, he's a, uh, but yeah, I get it. But here's the thing, Brownie, you're in an arms race. You're in attack mode. You're not. You're not – nobody's in the defensive set mode here. The Chiefs defense stunk and has – I don't say stunk. It's not the strength of their team. It's not – and, in fact, right now you can make a case that the more you put into your offense, the better chance you have in games that are going to be tough to win because you're going to be able to score on anybody. If I'm the – in fact, here's this. If if I'm the Chiefs, I would have rather kept Tyreek – and got rid of Chris Jones. Now that that's, you can't do that now. They but.
1: chose not to do that. I think this is a philosophical.
0: It is a principle. philosophical question.
1: This is a philosophical principle of the Chiefs. They did not want to pay Tyreek Hill $30 million a year. They chose to spread that money out over multiple of signings. And it worked for them. Do no, they not only do, did it work,
0: they, it, they went to the Super
1: Bowl and won it. Right. I think the only difference is. It's not March. It's it's almost August.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know how – the time of the year, I think, changes the conversation a little bit, and they've got a problem now. Uh, I don't think I, – I don't think they want to pay him $30 million. That much is clear. Do they hold fast to a philosophical principle of we are not overpaying at any position besides quarterback? And if we have to give up a top-five player at the position – We're going to throw them overboard, and and have faith in our drafting that we'll be able to replenish the roster that way with cheap, first contract rookie labor. I think that's their philosophy, but you're backed into a corner here. Unless you trade him for viable commodities coming back to you, right? Like you got to trade. You can't trade for draft picks now. Now right, when you're going you. for another Super Bowl, you got to trade for a proven player at that
0: position. Although, there's a lot of ways to look at it. Chiefs fans can live with a good team this year who doesn't win the Super Bowl because they just won it. So is this a year where you do jettison him for a first round or two? Yeah, send him to Chicago or send him to Minnesota, you know, out of conference. You know, you send him to the – for heaven's sake, you can send him to the 49ers. they got enough of those guys, right? You know, send him to some place um, – out of conference, get the money, get the guys back, and kind of cobble it together this year, knowing the next year you're going to be right back in the saddle and going for it because you'll have a high draft. You can do all that stuff. Um, and here's the thing too: you got Pat Mahomes on offense, who is like the guy. He's he elevates everybody around, like I just said.
1: Granted, sure.
0: Well, on the other side of the ball, Chris
1: Jones is that guy. That's what I'm saying, and but. It's run you you have two main issues butting heads here. They don't want to pay players thirty million dollars a year that aren't playing the quarterback position. Right. That seems obvious to me. Tyreek Hill was still a dynamic player at 27 years old, and they traded him. Like without even thinking about it. Oh, you want 30 million? Bye. Right. Like now here's Chris Jones. Now he plays on the other side of the ball where you don't have a quarterback. Taping, taking up a giant portion of your offensive player salary. You're on the defensive side of the ball now. Does the same rule hold? You're not paying somebody $30 million that's not a quarterback, even though he's a perennial pro bowler, an all-pro player, and a, and probably yeah. one of only three difference makers on that entire defense.
0: No, yeah, and I'll say this, too. Now, you say $30 million, it's a big number, but it's getting smaller all the time, that number. It's the, the offseason of the defensive tackle. Right. It's, I mean, Quinton Williams just a number that's getting smaller all the time because the salary cap is going up and up and up. And I'm, I'm telling you, I think the cap's going to go way up. Now, they may put a lid on the cap, as, you know, because they don't want it to fluctuate up and down. Yeah. But it's going up again. So you give him – could you – would he sign a deal, say, hey, sign the the tender contract this year. Next year the new contract kicks in. We'll sign it now. You know what I mean? Can you do that? I think he can.
1: Well, you mean tag him on? Play, the, play for the franchise tag. Well, well, no. The franchise tag's out the window. They didn't tag him, did oh, they? Oh, they didn't tag him? Did they tag him? I thought him? he was just refused Maybe to they sign did. it. Well, you're past it. You're past July oh, 17th. Right. He that's can't right.
0: sign it. So, my point would be... you yeah, gotta Let me s- double check. So, his contract status right now is a big part of this. And I, I just don't know if... You know, you spend the money now, or can you push it down? Like having play for a million bucks this year, and then it kicks in big time down the road. I, I'm, I, I, I am just having a hard time seeing the Chiefs do this for him, because I just don't think. Def- well, everybody else thinks defensive tackles are pretty important because they're paying them all. He's making he's got a 4 year 80 million dollar contract.
1: Oh, he's still under contract. He just wants an extension.
0: Average salary is 20. So to me that's not as big a jump as what they're making it out to be. He's got a, he's on the 4 year deal for 80 million dollars, yeah. guaranteed 60 million and it expires next year.
1: So he wants a new deal and they're like yeah no he's gonna he's gonna be 28 million next year what the hell is the difference of giving him 30 now it's a good point restructure the whole thing give yourself some more cap space this year cuz they only have about 600 grand in cap space Re- get him done now give him 30 i mean you can't spread it out creatively front load the thing for him make him happy while he's still good yeah i pfft. i get you know, I get not wanting to break the bank on a certain number of players. But thing, to me, this is a law of diminishing returns example. You you know, you get rid of Hill and it worked for you. You still were the number one offense in football because of the quarterback. Yeah, and you won the Super Bowl, that's great. But you keep chipping away from the top five pyramid of players on your roster. Well, they got
0: seven guys on their roster that are making 10000000 million-plus average per year. And it goes from – Every play everybody from Marquez Valdez Scantling, Justin Reed, Travis Kelsey, Juwan Taylor, Joe Tooney, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes in reverse order. Mahomes being the highest one at 45 average a year. Then it's Chris Jones at 20, Joe Tooney at 16, Juwan Taylor at 20, Travis Kelsey at 14, and Justin Reed at 10, and Marquez Valdez Scantling at 10. They got seven guys there, and all those guys are making 10, 20, 20. 34, 54, 70, 90, 135 million of the cap is wrapped up in those seven guys. The cap's 225.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, look, I understand what they're up against. I I just think the timing is horrible because you don't have any, if you have to move him, the only way to fortify your roster properly for this season is to get a player back. In return, who costs considerably less and presumably isn't as good. That's the best case scenario in terms of helping your roster this year. If you determine he can't be on your roster and you can't pay him, he's still under contract. Like, I don't know, maybe they waited out. It's
0: a really difficult problem for the Chiefs. It's a big problem, particularly if he's if Chris Jones is vehement. Because think about it. Are they going to trade? They're going to trade him, or they're going to what are they going to do? If they trade that guy, or refuse to pay him—well, I didn't refuse because he's making 20, 20 million per year—but if they trade him, or do something like that, what does that tell the rest of the roster? What's that? What's that say about your organization if you can't get a deal done? You know, that guy is a is dynamite. He is unbelievable, yeah. and they're they're like, oh, you're not that important. I mean, what's that? What's that tell the rest of those guys? What am I doing here?
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a sticky situation. The timing of it and the limited options that the Chiefs are going to have here if they decide we can't pay him, he's not happy, let's move him. Like you can't move him now. You're not going your roster is going to be worse. Yeah. You move him your roster is unquestionably worse this year and well, there's yeah. no two ways about it. It's going to be worse whether you did it in March or e-
0: anyway either. There's no way.
1: Yeah, it- but at least you have a draft. To refortify the position.
0: You don't have that at your disposal now. Yeah, you're taking the guy right off the top. It's like taking Steph Diggs off the receiving core of the Bills. You it's, know? it's a, I mean, it's, it's
1: vast. It's really going to bear so, watching as to how they handle this. But the
0: problem for the Chiefs is, is multifold. One, it's a message to their entire roster about how important players are. It's a message to their fans. It's a philosophical declaration as well. If you let him go, and, it's and it says all the
1: wrong things if he's not a chief. That's shot. right. Make no mistake, this front office has earned some cachet with their success over the last five years. Right. I mean, what are they, four four AFC title games in a row? Four of the last five? Yeah. They missed the one because the Bengals beat them uh, the year before last. Mm-hmm. But four out of the last five years, they're in the AFC title game, and they have two Super Bowls. So they've earned a little cachet in that area. I'm very. I'm going to be very interested to see – How this thing unfolds because Chris Jones has limited leverage here because he is under contract and he's gonna be getting fifty thousand dollar fines a day every day that he's not at camp. That's that's gonna start hurting real soon. And I think the Chiefs know that. And they'll be like, sorry, bro, come back. Well,
0: it'll probably turn into a hold in, which means he'll come in and he'll just sit stand around and do anything. Yeah. And that's you know, that's his prerogative. I'll say this. That's kind of even – I think even in the locker room, guys are going to be looking at him like, bro, we're out here working. You're making $20 million. Right. Come on, man.
1: Then it becomes then – it, then it's back on him. Yeah, but player value is a big thing. You know, and forget about defensive tackle. How about the running back position? We haven't a chance to get to that yet, but that's a whole yeah. other subject that we can talk about later Oof. this week. What we should also tell you is our topic of discussion for today, which obviously has to deal with Bill's training camp. What do you expect to be the biggest difference at Bill's training camp this summer? Maybe something that has to do with the team on the field that you expect to be different when you go out there and watch the players perform at practice. Maybe it's something about your personal experience at training camp that you expect to be different from last summer whatever it is we'll take anything under the sun what do you expect to be the biggest difference at Bill's training camp this summer 803 550 the number to get on board we have open lines for you there so hit us up there or on the tweet sheet at one bills live we're back with your phone calls when we return we'll see you in a couple of minutes stay tuned All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here just 2 days before training camp gets underway on the field for the Buffalo Bills at St. John Fisher. We will be down there later this week. So be sure to tune into the show. We'll give you all the updates you need on the going on at training camp. We have an update right now as we mentioned in the first segment of the show. NFL reporter Aaron Wilson was reporting that the Bills worked out Both tight end Jace Sternberger and free agent running back Darrington Evans, who does have return experience, that presumably in the wake of the reported knee injury, which is now being reported by Tom Palacero of NFL Network as an ACL knee injury for Naheem Hines, a non-football injury. And Aaron Wilson also reporting now two other running backs worked out for the Bills as well today. Kylan Hill, a Mississippi State product, former seventh-round pick of the Green Bay Packers in 2021, and Abram Smith, a former undrafted free agent, signing of the Saints in 2021, and most recently with the D.C. Defenders of the XFL. So that should bring you up to date on the goings-on with regard to possible player development news. Uh, We do want to get back to the topic at hand, though, however, which is what do you expect to be the biggest difference at training camp this summer at St. John Fisher. It could be something that affects your personal experience, number one. Or, number two, it could be something you're expecting to see on the field of play at practice. I know one thing that I know is going to be different that I'm looking forward to, Steve, the fact that Tredavious White's going to be on the practice field. I'm really looking forward to that because you and I saw him in the spring, that guy was loaded for bear. Yeah, like he, was he looked like really the old well. Tredavious White. That's that's what's going to be different for me at training camp, and I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, and
0: also it's not just that he was practicing out there and playing well and doing all the drills and do all that. He was also exuberant. He was, he was himself. He looked like he yeah, was same comfortable. same personality, disposition. Um, he looked
1: like the Tredavious, like of, Tredavious old. of
0: old. Yeah. There you go. And that's going to be fun to see. And it affects the guys around you, too. Uh it's, it's going to be a different atmosphere in there. You think Kyrie Elam didn't know what he was like before that, you know. Christian Benford hadn't seen Tredavious White when he was the lead dog, you know. Um, just it's a different – it helps when your top guys act and feel and play and, and are the top guys. It's, it's, it helps everybody in the whole room, and those young players are going to get a chance to see him at his best now instead of recovering.
1: Let's go to the phones, though, at 803-0550, 888 The number to get on board. Got open lines for you there for you to tell us what you expect to be the biggest difference at training camp this summer in St. John Fisher. Leading us off today is Leslie in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Leslie?
2: How you doing, Chris? Good. Hey, Steve. Hey, Leslie. Um, I, I call all the time. I was talking about um, Gilles Campbell, but now I'm thinking about Chris Jones. Is it a way we can bolster up our defense with Chris Jones? Uh
1: I don't know that his money's gonna fit. No. Not
2: the, not with not his salary.
0: Happen. Yeah, he's a great player. Every team in the league would love to have him on their roster if they could fit him, but the Chiefs probably A won't make him available because he's under contract. He got no question no choice but to show up and hold in. And two, they don't want to trade him. Uh, they're already paying him twenty million a year. There's no way the Bills are going to pay him that or more that he's asking for, and three, if even if the Chiefs want to trade him, the last team in the world they're going to trade him to are the Buffalo Bills under any circumstances. So it's fun to think about, but no.
1: Yeah, I don't. With limited cap space, I don't see any way that they can make that happen. Not to mention the fact that they just signed Ed Oliver to a contract extension. They're not yeah. paying him Chris Jones money, but they can't take on a contract of that. And the size. Chiefs there's are, just no yeah, way.
0: Yeah. Right. And the Chiefs are not gonna make a trade at Oliver straight across for Chris Jones. You know what I mean? So the Bills would gain ten million, lose ten, whatever. Because Chris Jones ain't paying, playing for the contract he's got. You gotta re sign him and to a new deal worth a purported thirty million dollars.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. What, uh, what do you think is going to be the biggest difference at training camp this summer that maybe you're looking forward to? Is there anything that comes I, to mind? I, th- I have one other thing that i I, I think
0: mentioned. offensively the difference is going to be, I think we'll see more personnel combinations and experimentation offensively. I yeah. think we'll see a lot of creative stuff.
1: That was, my, that was second on my list. Um, just the – the usage of Dalton Kincaid and how that's going to impact things. Yeah. That's going to make this offense look it's, different from a personnel grouping perspective. It's been a
0: while, and it's not ju- you can't just draft a running back and have that change things the way an extra tight end does. Because a running back, you just take one out and put one on, and it's the same formations, and, okay, you can put him different places than you can the other guy, but it's the same people around him. You get an extra tight end, and ostensibly that's what you've got. If you want to play Dalton Kincaid, you're not at this point. You're not going to pull Dawson Knox off the field and put Dalton Kincaid in for him. So that means two tight ends. So somebody has to sit down. Who's that going to be? Yeah. That's the question, and that and who who that is and who it's not is going to tell you a lot about where they're headed. And I think they're going to have to. I don't think they know yet, but I think they're going to, going to let ex- it play out. They're going to have these little test tubes, and they're going to pour one test tube into the other and see how that <laughs> looks. They're going to take that test tube and pour it into a third and see how those guys, you know. They're going to – it's a chemistry test uh, experiment, a chemistry experiment, and they'll see. And that's what's going to be fun.
1: Training camp will be the lab. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm i excited to see it. I think what's
0: there are a lot of things
1: thing? that are going to look
0: different. What's that? What What is your thing, aside from the personnel groupings?
1: No, that – it was – it was the usage of Dalton Kincaid yeah, in yeah. this camp because they had a more than capable tight end in Dawson Knox. Now they have two, um, and I think it is going – it it's kind of runs parallel to what you were just saying. It's going to change the look of this offense. Not, we're not talking wholesale changes, but there are going to be noticeable tweaks to the way this offense is run, the personnel groupings they choose to make use of more – Chiefly twelve in that regard, so yeah, uh, I think that's going to be something that looks very different uh, going forward. Yeah. So, I'm excited to see it. Quite frankly, yeah, I'm. That's one of the things I'm going to be
0: watching. You and I spend a lot of time standing over there watching these guys, and and you know, I I would like to think we don't look at it just like most fans do. I'm looking back there, who's in, who's out, and. Who's in and who's out is also is the other antithesis of that. Who's not in. Yeah. And why are they not in? You know, like if And if, what does it mean? Right. The fact that this guy's in and that guy's not means this guy's first in, or are they just running the twos today? You, you kind of decipher that. Who's in and who's out is important, but also why and who they're in with. Right. So it's it's it it's a vast combination of things that go on in training camp and only, and the coaches I, I mean I don't know if they lay it out in a grid where they okay this guy's taking reps with this guy this guy this guy this guy and they go now he needs to take reps with this guy that guy that guy and that guy yeah um, there's a little bit of that going on particularly on the offensive and defensive lines when you talk about offensive skill players now it's it's even different than that
1: let's let's take this personnel use this a step further. I know we haven't even gotten to training camp, but I'm already going to talk to you about roster numbers here. <laughs> With an increased use of 12 personnel, and I'm not saying it's going to be the staple of their offense, but I think we can all safely assume they're going to be in that personnel grouping more than they were last year when they were at the bottom of the league at about 3.6% of their snaps. Knowing that, how much does that necessitate carrying more than three tight ends on your roster. I almost feel like there's got to be a backup for Dawson and there's got to be a backup for Kincaid. Kincaid. Uh, so I don't want to say it's a lock, but it seems like a very, very strong likelihood they're carrying four tight ends on the active roster. I mean, unless could you Gilliam. carry one on the practice squad and protect him every right. week? Sure,
0: sure, you could do that. Or you're using Reggie Gilliam as a tight end. Instead of an H-back. But if,
1: you're, if, you're, if your personnel groupings are making use of 12 personnel to that extent, and I'm not saying Reggie Gilliam can't line up a tight end, but is he the ideal answer in the event that Kincaid well, he's... or Knox can't go in a given week? You have Quentin Morris, you know, who I think we're f- familiar enough with to know what he can and cannot do. Um You know, and then you have some young unproven players behind them. I it's an interesting question to ask. Yeah, I I don't know how And we're a long way off from those decisions, but Yeah, you're right. With what we're anticipating, I think it's it's gonna be a a big part of the roster, the fifty three man roster conversation going forward. Very much so.
0: Very much so, I, and that's why you know we got to wait and see. because you and I are you know even though we're sitting in the building, we talk about this team all the time, and you know we have conversations with football people. We're a million miles away from it, just like the fans are. Um, we don't. I don't sit in on those meetings. We don't sit in on those meetings. We get to talk right. to those guys. So you kind of have to look and discern, and by the process of deduction, like you did last year with Christian Benford. I poo-pooed you for a week, (laughs) thinking there ain't no way that six-round draft pick's going to – and all of a sudden, the guy's starting on opening day ahead of the guy. So, you just got to watch. And you got – and like even like us, we're there almost – we're there 80% of the practice, maybe 75% of the practice during training camp. I don't go on Saturdays and Sundays when we don't have the show, but they'll have like two of those – but man, oh man, you you got to watch close and and write mm-hmm. the stuff down and take notes and be, to keep track of what's going on. It's because it's complicated when they start mixing and matching, particularly when they don't have. They want to do the best. They they want to be flexible enough to do whatever's best. Right. They don't care if if Steph Diggs is the only wide receiver on the field if that's their best matchup. But they got to find out if it can be. So they got to try it. You know, all of that. It just takes forever. And that's why train they go, they need they need it. They need training camp. They need OTAs.
1: They need all this stuff. Break time for us here, but more of your phone calls when we return. What do you expect to be the biggest difference at training camp this summer? Could be player related. Could be side of the ball related. Could be something off the field, something with your personal experience at training camp. You let us know at 803 0550-1-888-550-2550. Phone lines open for you. We'll see you in a few. Mark your calendars because Kids Day is back on Saturday, August 12th. The Buffalo Bills will welcome the Indianapolis Colts for their lone home preseason matchup at 1 p.m. Kids Day, presented by Fisher Price, is the perfect time to enjoy a Bills game with the whole family. Starting at 9 a.m. in the bus and limo lot at Highmark Stadium, the festivities kick off with a junior tailgate starting at 9, which will have games, activities, and giveaways along with a dance party hosted by dj milk check it out should be a hoot to so bring the whole family for that experience topic of the day here what do you expect to be the biggest difference at bill's training camp this summer taking your calls at 803-0550 open line for you there but we lead off uh with butch on the east side let me pull him up here what you got for us butch you're on one bills live butch are you there I'm gonna put him on hold because I can't hear him if he's talking. We'll go to Keith in Williamsville. What do you got for us, Keith?
2: Hey, Brownie. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I love the show. I listen to your podcast every day uh, where I live down in Florida, usually. But I think the biggest thing that is going to be working in favor of the Bills for spring or excuse me for training camp is that. Nobody is paying attention to us in the national media. I know this is low-hanging fruit because you guys have been talking about this on the show for a while now, but everybody's all hyped up on all of the morning shows, on Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. It, it seems like everybody's looking everywhere else for Super Bowl contenders. And considering this year, we are not the odds-on favorite, I think that's exactly the way McDermott wants it. I think we got a ton of new offensive weapons. Like you were saying earlier, for us to switch up looks, I think we got our strong defense back, and I think we are going to be a problem. Uh, I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. Thanks, guys.
1: All right. Thanks for the call, Keith. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, That will be a very different thing at training camp this year. Last year it was like, oh, my gosh, we got Von Miller. We're going. Right. And everybody else said the same thing in the national Uh, media. Well, it yeah,
0: if they'd have stayed healthy, they might not have been able to stop them. But, you know, you, it's hard to do for 17 weeks. Um, you're right. That is a big difference. That is uh, a striking difference from where they were a year ago. Uh, the expectations for the national media perspective are, has vanished because of what's going on in Miami and what's going on in New York. And the fact that they, they – Got beat by a Cincinnati team that's perceived to be really good and on the rise, and the chiefs are the chiefs you know they're they are the super Bowl champions uh-huh. so there's all these teams at least four of them right there that are getting thrown ahead of the bills because I think the bills the you know in the hot take industry we live in the bills aren't any, aren't fun anymore so they're they just throw them to the side and forget about the roster that they've had and the, and the improvements they've made so I get it, but that's exactly where a lot of Bills fans feel most comfortable.
1: Yeah. The other team that's kind of been way under the radar and not mentioned on the tip of every national media outlet's tongue is the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, that's a team that made the playoffs last year without their starting quarterback playing like six games. Still made the playoffs and gave Cincinnati all they could handle Mm -hmm. with only a fumble at the goal line representing the difference in the football game. Um. Now you got Lamar back. You got a new OC. They've revamped everything. They're kind of Odell Beckham Jr. They're a sneaky team. Yeah, they're under the radar
0: with the Bills. They probably their fans are as excited about their training camp as any fans in the country because they think, just like the Bills fans think, they're a lot better than people are giving them credit for. And they've got a lot of faith in Lamar, and they should. I mean, the guy's an MVP. And now they're going to let him drop back and throw it a little bit more like an NFL offense, and, and in this point of his career, you would think he should be ready to do that. And he's got a good – he's got a live arm, no question about it. Um, we'll see. There's – certainly it's going to be hard to make excuses for him if it doesn't go well.
1: Yeah. it It's going to be very interesting um, to see some of these – seasons unfold for some of these respective teams, the overhyped ones and the ones that are sitting in the weeds, you know, waiting to pounce. And I would put the Bills and the Ravens in the waiting to pounce category because of the lack of attention they're getting, you know, from media, primarily outside of their, you know, daily media that covers them on a regular basis. We have to step aside and take a break here. Got some uh special guests coming up when we return. One of them you know very well, it's Dion Dawkins. The other one is a super yacht captain from the Bravo show, Below Deck. Captain Sandy Yawn? Are you kidding me? Here we go. Sandy Yawn, Dion Dawkins here together. Coming up next in hour number two on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. This is Buffalo Bills Radio.
0: Presented by Kaleida Health.
1: All right, welcome to hour number two. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. As we sit a couple of days away from training camp practice numero uno. On Wednesday out at St. John Fisher, we will be there covering the practice and then popping on the air as we usually do from one to three. And uh, there is some other NFL news that just came down. ESPN's Adam Schefter Reporting another Chiefs note, we already know Chris Jones is unhappy with his contract negotiations on an extension. Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Toney, who underwent an off-season cleanup procedure on his knee, apparently aggravated the injury on Sunday while fielding a punt and is expected to miss some time during training camp, should be ready for the start of the regular season. So probably a very good chance we do not see Kadarius Toney for the entire Preseason slate. Hmm. I mean, that's the guy they're expecting to be their number one receiver this year. Yeah, he was. I mean, Travis Kelsey is their number one target, but you know what I'm saying at the receiver position.
0: Yeah, he's going to be missed because that guy that was
1: that was the guy was going to elevate to the spot. I will say this: a lot of the reason why he fell out of favor in New York with the Giants injuries because it the word is he's not big on preventative maintenance does not take care of himself that's the word out of new york from some giants reporters that i've spoken right. with so is that holding true here again or yeah is this guy that just doesn't love practice <laughs> just
0: i don't know how yes my knee they right he's a malingerer they just kind of they I don't know. Loaf. I'm just floating they loaf. out there. They, they get into a spot, they, they, and they just want to, you know, hang out and skate. Yeah, they don't, want the, they don't want the stress of being dependent on. They just want to be paid. I get it. Maybe he's a guy like that. I don't know. Yeah. Certainly, there's, obviously, there's some stuff flying around about him in the, in the gossip circles around water coolers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are, fielding a punt in a practice. Yeah. and he hurt his knee.
1: He aggravated the one he had a cleanup procedure on. All right. Okay. Well, hey man, an mysteriously he's going to be fine for the regular season. They already know this, but he's going to miss the entire preseason. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. It just it smells a little fishy it to smells me.
0: Smells like smells like a two weeks off. <sighs> three weeks off. It
1: smells like three day old fish is what it smells yeah. like. Um, that whatever, maybe that's neither here. Nor we're a there.
0: million miles away. We can't we, tell, but yes. It, yeah. But that's but his it rep. lends
1: to speculation.
0: That's why the guy, you know, it's stuff like this that gets the guy, you Bad know, rep. from, from New York to Kansas city. Yep. That's the way it is.
1: Uh, for those that were asking on Twitter, what happens with Naheem Hines, because it was not a football injury, I would expect him to go on the non-football injury list. And then salary and that stuff, I know IR gets picked up by insurance because that's a football injury. That's right. I don't believe that's the case with non-football injury. So we'll have to see how that is handled. I'm not going to pretend to know all the ins and outs of that, but I would anticipate a designation of non-football injury list um, for Naheem Hines based on the reported injury that he suffered while sitting atop a jet ski and being run into by another jet skier. Just some unfortunate news that we brought to you at the top of the show um, today. So unfortunate for sure, and uh, naturally we're all wishing him the best, but NFL Network's Tom Pelissero was the latest to report that it is in fact an ACL knee injury and he will undergo surgery. That according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. No confirmation of any of this from the Bills, um, so we'll just wait and see if and when confirmation does take place. Um, Because there are also reports out there that the Bills were working out a handful of running backs today. Most notable among them, Darrington Evans, former third round pick of the Tennessee Titans in 2020. So we'll see what comes of it in the coming days. I am sure probably almost certainly by Wednesday when head coach Sean McDermott is first scheduled to address the media uh, in the nine o'clock hour on that day. So, that's probably the latest we'll hear about this uh, going forward, and unfortunate for sure. But unfortunate, it's not the first time, and it probably won't be the last. Sadly, um, for the Bills or any other yeah. team, for that matter. Yeah. So, and this was—you
0: hear about guys pretty regularly who injure themselves training, and you can imagine. Right. You're Naheem Himes. You got. Everybody's going out and says, "You know what? Let's go play like let's go play one last round of golf before you know we got let's go let's go out to the lake one last time. Let's go to the swimming uh-huh. pool one last time. Let's, you know, even let's go out to dinner one last time with your wife or whoever. And you know, you step off the curb, at the restaurant It's like,
1: <coughs> yeah, you know. It's <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago when John Feliciano was on this roster. It's five days before camp opens, and he tears his pec bench press. I remember
0: pressing. that. I remember that.
1: And he, he missed the first six games, yeah, or four games um, it, unfortunately, it happens all too often, but guys are ramping up for the season now this was completely non football related just a freak accident terrible, absolutely terrible. Yeah. you feel for the guy um, so we'll provide more news as it comes from the team uh, in the coming days on that situation and you know what his official designation is, but we we anticipate. It will be non-football injury. And then whether or not they address the roster spot in short order or take their time, that all remains to be seen. Question on the docket for you today was, what do you expect to be the biggest difference at training camp this summer? And we want to crack open the tweet sheet here, brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. And uh, we begin with Jack, who says... I expect a more aggressive defense and more 12 personnel on offense. I'm hoping McDermott as the D get after it and provide far more pressure, and hopefully they look even more comfortable and confident in Dorsey's system for year two. I hope he reinserts more play action and motion in the attack. Play action was something that was one of the biggest differences in year one under Dorsey in comparison to what we had seen under Dable. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see that reinserted into the offensive scheme. To what degree, I don't know, but certainly more of it. Yeah,
0: it's interesting, too, because there's always reasons why it goes away, too. Um, and the reasons it goes away may not be known to us. It might be that Josh doesn't like it, and it could be that simple. Yeah, Or it could be that because of the running backs or the new running back room that they've got, they like it better. It could be something like that. Um, we never know, but when things change like they did, there's probably good reason for it, and it's reasons that aren't known to us. But if it starts up again, um, we might be able to discern what's changed and why. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I think there's a lot of things a lot of people want to see, but th- you know, this offense uh, was humming last year and scoring a lot of points. So I'm not sure they're going to tinker too much with it. The only, uh, to me, it's still all about the people that are in the offense they only have three guys from the wide receiver room that are still on the roster from last year and they got a brand new first round tight end so they got a lot of new faces that right. that look to really contribute in big ways plus James Cook emerging you know being oh, yeah. as the last That's guy another standing.
1: difference I would expect this year yeah
0: now there's like one guy left from that room because now Naheem Hines isn't there you got one guy from the running back room from last year. You got three guys from the wide receiver room last year. When usually there should be like eight returning guys. Yeah, or a lot of nine over
1: at the skill positions, you're right. So who
0: knows what's going to be different? All those guys are going to be different, that's for sure.
1: David on the tweet sheet takes a completely different angle at what might be different at training camp this summer for the Bills. He says more turkey burger eating competitions. <laughs> As we know, Josh Allen, a huge fan of the turkey burgers at St. John Fisher. He mentioned them specifically in a press conference last year. What he likes the most about camp. He, turkey burgers. <laughs> came, turkey burgers. Rolled off the tongue. Yeah. Um, and I remember we were trying to get to the bottom of what the secret of the turkey burgers were and why they were so completely delicious. And I'm trying to remember, what, what did we uncover I think we uncovered that they were – I can't remember if they, are, they put butter on the grill before they throw it on the throw – the, throw the patty out I there know, or what man. it was. I don't know. But, man, they are good.
0: Yeah. Who they knows? Are,
1: they are still underrated at this point, I believe.
0: It, when you're going to training camp, you look for – and let me tell you, turkey burgers are a small thing. You're looking for all the little things that don't stink about training camp. We
1: eat like kings out there.
0: Yes. It's that, dangerous. Well, you and, yeah, we eat like kings out there, but these guys eat like kings all the time. Well, right. They don't go a meal without putting a crown on bro sleeve.
1: But the difference between you and I <laughs> and them yeah. is they're burning about fifteen to yeah. 1,800 of those calories a day.
0: Those guys, yes. We're lucky You're if right. we get
1: to 500. Right.
0: I mean, yeah. How how many calories?
1: <laughs> he's loosening it up. He's getting ready yeah. for the buffet yeah. line. Look at him. I, uh, he can't wait. They,
0: they Those guys eat good. They... Yeah, but that's that's what it is. I mean, turkey burgers, come on. Yeah, training camp stinks. There's just no two ways about it. And all the positive and fun stuff you hear about coming out of it is just trying to make lemonade.
1: Well, that is true, yes. I wouldn't debate that for a second. Trying to make, yeah. So, yeah. who knows? Meg on the tweet sheet says, focusing on Cook's potential with the improved O-line play. I think there is... There are high expectations for this offensive line to take a noticeable step forward, not only in their pass protection, but in their run blocking scheme as well, particularly between the tackles with the investment they made at the guard position this offseason. You know, in terms of a proven veteran signing, right. a highly sought after free agent signing, and a high draft choice. And I'm talking about David Edwards, Connor McGovern, and Osiris Torrance. I mean, those are three big bodies with a whole lot of talent packed into them that have been added to this roster to play and line up on the interior. How much better does it make them? Yeah, that is something that's going to look different this year, along with the aforementioned James Cook, who in year two could secure the feature back role sooner rather than later in this offense.
0: I'm also really interested to see the amount of work that Vaughn gets. Uh, Von Miller, he's really working hard to get back. And I think a guy like him who kind of likes to set the standard for the whole club, he's going to attempt to do that. Now, certainly you don't want him coming back too early and all that, but his presence and how much he can do and how close he is um, will be fun to watch. And I'm like everybody else. I hope he comes back when he's 100% and can go 100% and it's just like he always has been. And when that happens, I'm excited to see the light switch go off for the entire defense when he does. So I think it could happen. Wow.
1: The light switch going off.
0: Yeah. Going on. Oh, on. being turned on. I, I did say off, but I meant on. You know what I mean for the
1: for the entire offense. You mean not the
0: def- when Vaughn comes. Oh, back, when Vaughn comes. When back. Vaughn comes back and starts playing one hundred percent, he's like his old self. And you've got Leonard Floyd, you've got Rousseau, you've got all the whoever's out there with him. Um, I just I think that with the added presence of Floyd or Leonard Floyd and Vaughn, I just think they were really really good last year when he was in there. And if he comes back with the added bonus of the guys they've got down inside, Puna Ford and these guys, oh, my gosh. I'm really excited about that.
1: Mm.
0: I'm really excited about that.
1: Let's get back to the tweet sheet, see what else you've got for us there. And we have – let's see here. Who are we up to now? We're up to Connor, who says the weight of the world will not be on Buffalo. That's what's different. Last season heading into training camp, Buffalo was – Determined to be the Super Bowl favorite this year, they are sliding under the radar in the national media and the NFL. I think this will allow the Bills to start off the season loose. What kind of value do you see in that when you're not the team being talked about all that
2: much? It's
0: a little bit easier to dredge up the feelings of, you know, like you're being disrespected, which is always a huge motivating factor for guys, you know, and because you know they all know how much work and how much sacrifice they put into getting to this point, and then to have somebody poo-poo it by not noticing it or yeah. whatever, whatever you can conjure up as to what the disrespect is, it's a big motivating factor. We heard kind of some of it this morning in the in the yeah. staff meeting, but by this, yeah, by the same token, um, I don't know. I, I just. Certainly, the media is going on to you know the next hot thing, which is like Miami and New York, and certainly Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. But starting off the season loose, as you know, your last line there from Connor, this team notoriously under Sean McDermott has exploded out of the blocks.
1: Yeah, I would say the Pittsburgh game is one of the lone exceptions from a couple of years ago.
0: That's right. Even so, they ended up they were four and one or five After and five one. Games, yeah. So they they have. Played the first five six weeks of the season at a scorching rate under Sean McDermott, so they come out they come out hot, almost you know all the time. So I mean, last year you look at it, uh, they come out and they're six and one mm-hmm. after seven, and you go back to twenty twenty one, they were four and one coming out of it, and five and two, if you want to go further. They come out of 20, remember in 2020, they exploded out. They went out 4-0 in the first month. Um, Even in 2019, they were five and one coming out of the gate. And then 2018, McDermott's second year, I guess, that's the one where they struggle, where they came out, where it was Josh's rookie season, and they came out and they were two and three. They were two and three. Yeah. But from 19, 20, 21, and
1: 22, they are out of the gate. One of only two teams since 2019 with four four 10-win seasons. Chiefs are the only other one. Yeah. Only other team in the league. So, take that for what it's worth. Uh, Tweet sheet. Van's dad chimes in when asked, what do you expect to be the biggest difference at training camp this summer? And says – intensity on defense. I'm not really sure how to take that. That's going to – you didn't think the defense was intense last year? I I don't
0: know. You know, it's funny. We've been talking about all this stuff that's going to be different. Nobody's even mentioned middle linebacker. No. Specifically.
1: We mentioned it in our latest podcast episode, Bills by the Numbers. It's one of our four top position battles going into training camp which you can get on any of your podcast platforms, by the way. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of discussion on that. The only discussion I've seen is nationally, how are the Bills going to replace Tremaine Edmonds at middle linebacker? That, that's how it's been largely presented, in, in that vein, if you will. So, I get it. You You don't, outside of A.J. Klein, a veteran player, you don't have a, quote-unquote proven defensive starting caliber middle linebacker to replace him. But, you know, I am pretty much the campaign director for this team's player development program. And they have young players that they believe are ready, one of them will be ready to ascend into that starting role. Whether it's Terrell Bernard, Balen Specter, Tyrell Dodson, Dorian Williams, whoever they believe the right guy is, they're comfortable with that quartet of candidates and, and picking one from that lot to run – not only start at that position, but run their defense.
0: Yeah, it's not just a spot where you line a guy up and play, plug him in. This is the guy that's going to probably have the green dot which means on his helmet, on the back of his helmet, which means the coaching staff's going to tell him what to tell every other guy on the defense every single play. And they also want – and I'll say this too, most coaching staffs and defensive coordinators, Sean McDermott included, they want a middle linebacker who, when it gets to be third and long, isn't standing beside them on the sideline? You got to take them out because you got to put somebody else in. Now I can see it in certain weird situations, like prevent defense or whatever. Having, but they want their leader of the defense on the field all situ- in all situations. Yeah, fourth and short, third and long, second and long, first and t- all of it, every single defensive play. They want a guy who is able to go in there and lead. You can't lead standing on the sidelines as a player. Right. So, to me, that would be something they're looking for in one of these guys, too. Dodson, Spector, Bernard, Wilson, all these guys. All these guys. So, it's all on the table for all of them. And I I think that, as much as anything, having a guy who's athletically capable of playing coverage first, I I think probably first, rather than – being a run stuffer
1: well, they said they want to match up linebacker and that would indicate coverage so, so I, I, I that's
0: probably where it's headed i think that's where everybody is and i'm I, we've been talking about this so much i don't know if we're circling back here or not but you think a little bit like middle linebackers a little bit where the running back spot is in these days yeah. it's in a transition you want a weapon back there not so much a. I mean you can you can certainly live with a derrick henry a saquon barkley but you really want a like a is like an Alvin Kamara. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, ladanian, Tomlinson, ladanian Tomlinson, of course, one of those guys.
1: Somebody can catch 60 balls a year, 70 yeah. balls.
0: Marshall Falk kind of guy. Yep. You know, one of those guys that can split out and run, run routes. Um, you need a weapon back there. And the middle linebacker spot is a little bit like that to me in this point in history. You, know, you remember guys like Brian Urlacher and – and stuff like that, and Mike Singletary and all those guys. But really, the ones that you that are out there now are guys like Luke Keekley who could run and cover. Keekley mm-hmm. was a big, tall dude too, like like Tremaine. But you need a guy who can run and s- cover space. And um, it's just a, I think Differ. it's a position. The I think job a description position. is different. Yeah, it's cha- and it's changing. And I think it when you go that some teams like Chicago, point in case are a little more old school than some of the new teams, mm-hmm. the other teams. I don't say new teams, but different teams. You know, they're evolving faster or differently. Yeah. So they got different requirements for that spot. And now we got a new defensive coordinator, different defensive coordinator. We, are they going to need a
1: different kind of guy? We'll find out soon enough. Let's get back to the phones. We go to Jack in wagonex What do you got for us, Jack?
2: Well, guys, a couple times you've uh, deviated off of the, the target uh, discussion, and you've alluded to the disrespect being shown the Bills by the national uh, sports media, the talking heads and so on, uh, yep. picking you know, Miami, picking the Jets. And every day I sit and I watch that ESPN trailer go through with the Vegas odds to win the Super Bowl, and the Bills are number four. Second in the AF of the AFC teams behind Kansas City, but the Vegas wise guys who aren't playing with fantasy football dollars, they like the Bills. They're looking at them as I think nine to one, and second favorite in the AFC. So I think that uh, the Talking Heads are selling a lot of uh, you know selling a lot of uh, pizzazz on their shows, but I think when it comes down to realistic outlooks on who's a good team. And who's got a good shot? I think the wise guys maybe have an advantage over some of those talking heads. And that's my statement, and I'll let you guys talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll no, agree with you, no, Jack. No. And
1: Steve, I know, agrees with you because he said it. This team has been good enough to win the whole thing the last three years in a row. They just haven't played well enough on that in, day. The, in the games where it's win or go home. And that's the problem. And Steve will hold up the T-shirt that even one of our listeners sent to us directly and it basically reads you need to play well on that day it is the mantra not only of steve tasker but of getting to and winning the super bowl when you get there you got to play your best you got to cuz you're playing really good teams
0: yeah everybody's playing on an uptick when you get to that that divisional round of the nfl playoffs you got eight teams that are really really good and playing well, and are talented, and are healthy, and headed in, you know, that kind of thing. Now, once in a while, you'll you'll meet a team like the San Francisco 49ers who are down to, you know, the uh, an equipment guy playing quarterback. And, you know, that happens occasionally. But for the most part, everybody's
1: clicking. Yeah. And you got to play well. Break time for us here because when we come back, we are going to be joined by Bill's offensive tackle, Deion Dawkins, and... A super yacht captain. This is a first on our show, Steve. Yeah. I will say that. Captain Sandy Yawn from Bravo's Below Deck Mediterranean gonna be joining us as well. They've got something to share with us when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Colida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, back here on One Bills Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and joined in studio. This is a treat here. Sandy, you're our first super yacht captain ever, but happy to have Captain Sandy on from uh, the Bravo series below deck Mediterranean. And obviously the person to my right is somebody everybody knows that's Dion Dawkins, your left resident left tackle for the Buffalo Bills. But these two are teaming up now. I got to say, if you gave me five guesses, I wouldn't have had you two on a, on a partnership type deal, (laughs) but here it is. Uh, So why don't, You lead us into this, Sandy. First of all, how this partnership got started between you two.
3: You know, honestly, Scott Dancy, who the founder of Azuna Fresh, Mm -hmm. um, brought us together in Fort Lauderdale. And it's a product that I love that we use on boats all the time. Tea tree oil, you know, it fights bacteria, mold and mildew and on boats. We constantly use it because through the air conditioning, we constantly get the mold. And when I met right. Dion, I was like, holy moly, <laughs> <laughs> he is massive. Yeah. Yeah. And his calves, I was like oh. obsessed with oh, because yeah. they're so big.
0: You're right. You could use him as an anchor. Just- yes. You're right. Um, yeah.
1: So Dion, what, what kind of drew you to this? Product, Because, I mean, Sandy's kind of outlined yeah. how it helps her in the yachting industry mm-hmm. where, you know, you're dealing with damp conditions that a lot. That lives right? in a locker room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good point. Is for that, sure. Is that kind of where uh, this comes into play?
4: Definitely that. Uh, well, you know, Scott, Scott is family to me. You know, I've known Scott for, for all of seven years. Um, ever since I got here, I've known Scott. It's very weird. Uh, but the locker room has drawn it. When it came about and the product, I was like, man, what the heck is this? And then when you smell it, he's like, bro, look, just put it in your locker. Tell me what you think. And when I put it in my locker, I said, this is something different. You know, it gives that locker room in your area just that fresh smell. Like, imagine going into, like, your, like, little cubby, and it smells like a whole different place. And then you can walk away, and then now it smells like the locker room. Then you get in your spot, and it smells like... You know, was hmm.
1: fresh.
3: after was already, taking your cleats off. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: I was already telling Sandy before we even came back from break that this might be a solution for my son's college dorm, which uh, could use some help as well. <laughs> right. just, I mean, my wife would be like, get some now, bring it home. Um, but I, I got to say, uh, just being in the yachting industry is kind of a fascinating thing to watch on the Bravo show that you guys have. My wife's a big fan. I've watched a ton of the episodes. And growing up on my grandfather's boat, which was not a yacht, it was like a 16-foot motorboat, but, you know, fishing and everything. The training involved for a, for a ship that size. Mm. What is, how long do you have to train to be a super yacht captain? I
3: wish it was as long as it takes to train to play football. <laughs> I think we would have a very different experience if that was the case. Honestly, uh, what I love about Bravo is they've done a great thing for America. They put this show on television. It shows kids there are jobs in the maritime industry as an alternative to college. And training's only one week. You can do really nice? one five days in a classroom, STCW. You can get an entry level job on a yacht. You got to pass a physical and a drug test.
0: Wow! Yeah. And you're at I'll you're at sea. You're at work. So I we knew you were coming in. So I went. I said, okay, what am I getting into here? Because I did not want to. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so I'm watching the show, and the thing that grabs me about this, the yachts are spectacular. They're they're awesome and all that. But once you you leave. You can't leave. You're you're on the boat. I mean, you have to. You have to make it work, no matter what. So you got to have that kind of mentality, as a young person on the boat. Plus, unless you're, you know, Captain Sandy, you got to do what you're told, right? I mean, you got to. So you have to have a mentality of saying, "Listen, here, I'm going to do my job. I got to do this, and I can't like slack. I, I can't leave." So
2: it's a, it's a different environment.
3: Yes, but it's a lot like a football team when you think about it. And I always talk about this. We're a team, right? I'm the captain of the team. And we need to have each other's back, right? Mm-hmm. We're given a job description just like the football players. We follow that. We do, you know, sometimes you have to ad lib, right, a lot right. of times. and But you just stay within those perimeters, and it works. It works. And they, they learn so many social skills, right? how to live amongst others, you guys live together, right? You live together, you play together when you train. It's the same. It's like taking a team from the field to the
1: boat. Right. And, Dion, like mm. you, I'm sure you've kind of taken in some of, like, Sandy's expertise. Of course. Not only with the products, and she's used it probably a little bit longer than you have, but is there, do you see some similar parallels to successful football teams and successful crews at sea?
4: Yeah, um, I think one of the most important things that Sandy said, I don't know if you guys caught, is she said, with them, you know? So I think that all goes into the portion of creating the crew, which goes to the portion of whoever's in charge of creating a football team, you know, because we can go on trips and we could all be a bunch of great players, but imagine if we hate each other. (laughs) Then, (laughs) Then everything just goes to dirt. And I can't imagine being on a float in the water with maybe 10, 15, I don't even know. Imagine like a small group of people that you have to then be on a more personal level with where you can't right. hide in the group of 100 people that's traveling. Right. So I think that that's where that sim- similarity is. And for her as the captain and somebody in charge, she has to know how to coordinate and deal with every single person in the right manner where everybody has that than group love and respect because no matter what you're stuck at sea you can't yeah. turn that boat around it's going to cost less right. and you just can't just turn around. No,
1: it's a lot like the adversity you guys had to deal with last year. You just got to keep on trucking.
4: Got to keep going, man.
0: So I got one question. It's kind of the same question for both of you, yeah. Captain Sandy. When's your next? When do you ship out next? How often do you go? How long? You know what I mean? What's your schedule look like in the next few months? So we film
3: six weeks a year, right. and it's usually August September. Um, you know, I. Honestly, like you never know. It's a contract every year. Right. So is your contract annual or is it like? No, like- so
4: I'm blessed. I, my last deal I've signed for four years. That's great. Um, I don't even know which year is coming up. I think, so I'm going into to, to year seven. And you got one more after So I this. have one more after this. But you know how football goes? Like you could yeah. chop it up depending on how much a year is. Like you can read and negotiate and do whatever, you know, whatever the business yeah. side talks about. But so is your deal?
3: Annual. So, basically, we come up for another round if I'm on good behavior in right, society, right? Because right? <laughs> I'm on a TV show. Right. So, that's kind of worldwide. You need to not be in trouble. And, so, no And do nights. things that is polarizing. Right, right. Because they will cut you out of the show. But the reality is, it's like, it's, you know, yeah, I'll be back. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'll, cool. I'll keep coming back as long as they'll have me. And right. what I really love is all the new casting, the crew that come, to be able to have that opportunity to teach them about something that they've never known was an, an opportunity for them. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. I,
1: it my wife would kill me if I didn't ask you because you are a published author. Um, be the calm or be the storm leadership lessons from a woman at the helm. Uh, what was the driving force behind you feeling the need to get that message out?
3: The fans, they wanted it. They kept The words they used, I took their words and I put it in the book. And they said, you're so calm in the middle of a storm. So many messages come in. And I don't realize it, but they don't always see the storm because, trust <laughs> me, I can be very stormy <laughs> right, right, right. when need be. But, yeah, like it came from the fans. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, so now, okay, now the question about you and what's happening for you, your annual contract coming up. Dion, yeah. you just got in town like an hour
4: and a half ago. You're sure. headed out tomorrow morning. Give us an, what's the next couple of days looking like for you. Man, the next couple, a couple of days is uh – uh. It's football, football, football. It's no more off-season. Off-season is hours to completely done. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I then will travel from my home here in East Aurora to Rochester. I'll take the hour and a half drive, and uh, I would do that. But as far as the rest of the the day, as you know, you have to shop for camp. So every year I grab a brand-new blanket, a brand-new down comforter, brand-new pillows. (laughs) And uh, I just make my bed scene for when I go to bed after practice and everything. And then I also hit I, – I usually hit target. Um, I usually hit target and grab a clear bin and just fill my bin up with any late-night snack that I might want. <laughs> yeah, there and, it is. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's usually good. All right, that's awesome. Uh,
1: okay, so last one here, Captain Sandy, because you are a global spokesperson for the all-natural tea tree oil manufacturer, Azuna. So – First question about being a global spokesperson, do you need to speak different languages? And then second, where can people find Azuna?
3: Uh, azunafresh.com. Honestly, Scott kept it simple. Uh, I had a hard time saying antimicrobial. <laughs> it took me a long time to get that down because right. that's what the product is. Yeah. And for me, it's like something that's natural to me because it's a product that I believe in. We use it on boats. I used it. I like Scott's product because it's he worked with the product to make it better we had this stuff we tore apart we just our hands got dirty these are in these nice glass looks pods we put down at the base of it and that intake of air goes through all the air ducts mm. and the crew quarters are the worst quarters they're the moldy wet damp, they're tight and small talk and they smell yeah okay like i've done that <laughs> down there i'm like you got to clean your room right so that's azuna fresh works
1: all right, that's All right, cool. awesome. That Captain awesome. Sandy, Dion. thanks for coming in. For we'll sure see great you soon you. enough and look forward to seeing you on yeah. future uh, editions of the Bravo series uh, below deck. So thanks for coming in and spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me. That's Sandy on and Dion Dawkins joining us here on One Bills Live. We'll take a break, be back with more in a second. Catch you in a few minutes. Right back here on One Bills Live. That was a unique experience there. Um, My wife is a big fan of that show, Below yeah. Deck. Yeah. She's going to lose her marbles when she sees that segment. I um, <laughs> wanted to uh, get to one item on Around the NFL that we did not get a chance to get across to you. And we know that the running back position has taken a huge hit this offseason, so much so that a bunch of running backs – had a conference call together with NFL PA reps to see what can be done about the state of the position and the devaluing of it. Um, We've said on this show before, there were 11 backs making $10 million per year or more last season at this time. Now there are five. That number has been cut in half. Um, So it's an issue and it's getting a lot of notice, from the guys who play that very position. Josh Jacobs is a guy that was given the franchise tag by the Raiders, Steve, but he did not sign it. And Tom Pelissero from the NFL network was reporting today that Jacobs was seen leaving Las Vegas on a flight out of town and told his friends. He doesn't plan to return anytime soon. Now he can't be fined because he didn't sign his franchise tag. He's not under contract right now. So, what comes of it, we'll have to wait and see. The general belief is he will show up for week one because is he going to sit out the year at the running back position? That's the last position you can afford to do that at. Yeah, you can't. Uh, and uh, how well did it go for Le'Veon Bell yeah, a few you, years ago? You can't,
0: as a running back, you can't leave money like that on the table. It's a, it's a $10 million, $10.9, $10.09 million contract, the, the running back Damn. franchise tag. And it, you can't leave that on the table. Um,
1: and I think I think the Raiders know he can't leave it on the table. And here's that's the problem. why they're not
0: budget. Here's the problem. You go in there, you're unhappy, you come in on week one and you and you play half heartedly the entire season because you don't like the situation, and your value the bottom falls out of your value. Because the the sentiment around the NFL will be that and I know it'll be it'll be this. Yeah, the guy's a pretty good player when he's motivated. Uh, obviously, he's motivated by the money because he wasn't motivated to help that team when he was in there playing for $10 million. We're going to give him, if we offer him $12 million, guarantee half a four-year deal for $48 million or whatever, give him yeah. $12 million, He's going to come, but he's motivated by the money. And once he's got the money and has got it guaranteed, why would he care about helping us? He didn't ha- care about the team that made him famous and helped him launch his career. He wasn't loyal to them. When they were paying him 10 million that's what's going to happen and so they won't they won't he's not going to enhance his value by not playing or playing half-heartedly for the Raiders yeah which is what it looks like he's going to do
1: but meanwhile I mean he's been laying it on the line for the last three or four years for the Raiders and been remarkably productive I mean on a bad can, team you can make the argument he has carried that offense yeah for the better part of the last four years, and what does he have to show for it? A franchise tag on a one-year deal. Now, at the same time, there are people out there that are gonna say, far be it from me to cry a river for a running back making ten million dollars a year in this society. Sure. You know, they're not gonna get a lot of sympathy. Yeah. Um, I understand where they're coming from. You know, you see all these other positions, their value just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. And the running back position has struggled to make similar type increases.
0: Because of the rule changes that are evolving about offenses and what you can do, what you can get away with, it's becoming more and more efficient and successful to throw the football, which means the running backs are devalued and the positions devalued and they're in a transition. And And pretty soon you're going to have guys doing that run and shoot and you're going to have four wides, a single back, or four wides and a tight end.
1: And it's going to be a running back that is capable of catching 60, 70 balls a year. It's going to be an Alvin Kamara type. Yeah. Which could potentially put James Cook in a very good situation because he is more than capable of doing that.
0: Yeah. The so. problem is when you get into that and you start throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, you get in those situations in the team, in the league, and in games where, gosh, we just we don't want to throw it anymore. We just want to run it and kill the clock. When, and you can't because you don't have the personnel on your roster.
1: That's where the, that's another area where we expect the Bills to be different in training camp that this summer correct. with the investment in the guard position and big backs, Damian Harris, Let's Latavius go. Murray. They should have that in their offensive arsenal this season. That's it for Steve and I today. We'll see you tomorrow at 1.